And we are live. How are we doing, Wolfpack fans? Man, it's good to be back. This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports. The only student-run sports podcast here on campus. I'm your host, Austin Paschke, back at it. To my right, my co-host, Tyler Seth, back from his world adventures. How was that, Tyler? It was awesome. Yeah? It was really cool, yeah, to see you know different parts of the world. It's always neat to kind of go around and see that. But, yeah, I was super blessed to be out there, and uh, it was a really cool experience. I'm sure the entire time you were wanting to get back here and do Pack Center. Oh, I, I bought some I bought some Wi-Fi on the, on the ships just so I could uh, kind of follow along with the uh, the bowl game, which didn't really go our way, and then some of the basketball games as well. So Ooh, you definitely to try to keep up with it when I was gone. Love yeah. to hear. Well, today we got a busy, busy schedule. We are back at it. We got some football news, believe it or not. Football never sleeps. We got track and field, swimming and diving, tennis, both men's and women's, and then we will finish up with men's basketball and women's basketball as well. It's going to be a great episode. We are back and better than ever. Stay tuned. And we are back. Oh, it feels good to be back in this room, getting ready to uh, talk some Wolfpack sports. It's been cold on campus. Uh, it's first day back, and that means basketball is in full swing. We are deep, almost at the midway point now with our uh, Mountain West yeah. conference game. So that's kind of crazy to think. But let's talk about football. Let's get this going. We got some new coaching positions to quickly highlight. We got a new defensive coordinator, uh, Brian Ward, or Brian Word, or However you say that. Ward. I would say Ward. Brian Ward. Ward. I'd say yeah. Ward. Ward. Or no, I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Brian Ward, Brian Ward, whatever. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator at Syracuse. According to footballscoop.com, he is, quote, unquote, one of the more impressive up-and-coming defensive coordinators in the FBS ranks. So um, pretty high praise from footballscoop.com. <laughs> very reliable website, very, footballscoop is. Very reliable. Uh, they're actually the ones breaking kind of the news to uh, all these smaller transitions that are going on. But uh, Brian Ward, he is now the defensive coordinator. He's taking uh, Castile's job in a surprise firing. Uh, definitely was not the the change we were thinking. Uh, we were thinking it's going to be on the other side of the ball. But um, So we will welcome him to the pack. We also got a new offensive line coach, Former Rice assistant Bill Best was in charge of tight ends, and uh, the tight end job at Rice was his first full-time job at the FBS level. He ran O-line, run coordinator at the FCS school SF Austin. He will be inheriting one of the worst O-lines in college football. We ranked 123rd out of 130 FBS teams in the O-line rankings. So um, definitely not what you like to see, but maybe Bill Best will be able to turn things around. Good old yeah. Billy. You know, trying to mold that young O-line into something that's pretty good. You know, we'll see what happens. And I, But I do think, real quick before we move on, I think that uh, ha- uh, that McClure leaving really, really hurts because he was arguably our best recruiter here. And now he's gone to Cal. He's going to be doing O-line over there, probably recruiting. He was our uh, California recruit, like cr- recruiting guy, and it makes, makes sense that he's now at Cal. I think he was... I'm not mistaken, around that part, so maybe um, you know it fits him a little bit better. His son, though, is a quarterback here, and so it'll be interesting to see if he follows his dad or whatever, but we have no news on that yet. So uh, good old Bill Best, good old Billy. See, welcome Billy. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to the show, Billy. And uh, you're 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 inheriting one of the worst O lines <laughs> there is possibly to have. Good luck. 
um, yeah, good luck. But, I mean, it was a young group, so we'll be able to see them improve as the um, year goes on next year. And then special teams. we got a new special teams coach. Um, what is his name? Tom Petty? No, not Tom Petty. Tom, what was what was the old special teams coach name? I have no idea. Oh, it's, oh, it's on tip of my tongue. I should definitely know this, but I definitely don't. I'm pretty sure Tom Petty's an old singer. But anyways, yeah, he's, a- yeah he was, he's an old rock and roll singer. We're getting off to a good start here. <laughs> First episode back it's in a while. Great to be back. Yeah. Boys. Uh, but we got a new special teams coach, uh, Thomas Sheffield, former Arkansas Pine Bluff special teams coordinator. He also coached tight ends and was a recruiting coordinator at Arkansas at Pine Bluff. So he kind of did a little bit of everything. So maybe he'll be able to help us out on the recruiting trail. But he is now our special teams coordinator. We had, I mean, special teams was arguably our brightest yeah. spot last year. So um, sad to see the old coach leave. Name still escaping my uh, my memory. But Thomas Sheffield is our new special teams coordinator, and hopefully he'll be able to keep that trend rolling. We are now just looking to fill two jobs, and that is on the defensive side of the ball, two defensive assistant coaching jobs. And when that news breaks, uh, you know where to find it. Chris Murray. No, I mean, I'm just kidding. Here. You'll find it here. Hey, we're back, guys. Yeah, no we more. are back. You don't got to go to any other podcast, any other Twitter page. We're back, all right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, we are back and ready to roll. And then let's move on to some track and field because arguably our best um, kind of sporting group, I would say. I don't know. Best sport. Swim and dive. I put swim and dive maybe above track That's and field. exactly what I was thinking. But <laughs> track and field's up there. Track and field is up there. We got Nicole Ader or Nicola Nicola Ader. There you go. Yeah, she um she is by far probably oh, she's the, the stud. Yeah, yeah she, she was by far the best track and field athlete. She was in had. nationals last year for two or three different events. I want. I want to say three. I want to say three as well. Yeah. It was long jump. It was the one where you do like eight different events. I forget. I always forget what that one's Tri- called. Tricath. Tricath. Diecath. Diecathlon. I I believe we something, could be totally something wrong. Something And then she did high jump, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and so lo- I think did you say long jump. Yeah, long as jump, well? high yeah. jump, and then yeah. the diecathlon. Dude, she's a stud, yeah. and she's back at it. Um, the Wolfpack track and field team started the indoor season with a bang as they finished the Bronco Invitational with many top three finishes and a new school record. The day started off with prelims for the 60 meter hurdles. Nicola Ader broke the school all-time record with a time of 8.48, which qualified her for the finals, but she was not done. Oh, no. In the finals, broke her own record with an 8.46, secured her second place. She said, hold my bottle of water. Yep. She said, hold my Gatorade bottle, and uh, I'm just going to go to work, and she definitely did. Ader, who also saw success in the high jump, which we noted she went to the Nationals for, uh, she also holds the all-time record for that at Nevada. She secured a first-place finish in the event, no surprise there, mm-hmm. with a height of 1.82 meters, only .01 meters lower than her Nevada record. So this year is already looking very, very bright for Nicola Ader. I think she might be able to break all of her records that she made last year, this year, which would mean she'd probably go to Nationals again this year, I just I don't know what more to say. Like she yeah. is a stud. She's single handedly carrying this team. Even though it's kind of like we it's kinda of like golf a little bit. Like even though it's like individual, it's kind of like a team. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's more individual they still score than golf. It as a team sport, right. but it's the individual it, playing and it's running. a little bit more individual yes. than golf, um, because then you can go to like nationals for it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But when you're talking about like conference play and all that kind of stuff, they score it as a team. Yeah. They will be back in action though, January twenty fourth through the twenty fifth in just a couple days. We'll be traveling back to Boise 
next week in the Ed Jacoby Invitational. Probably will take care of business there as well. I mean, when you have such a prolific athlete at the helm of things, really, it really makes things easier for the entire team. And uh, Nicola Ader definitely does that. She's a stud, and um, she'll be continue doing what she does best. Yeah. For anyone wondering, too, 1.82 meters is equivalent to 5.9 feet. Just a if God. no one is a good converter. Yeah. Well, Not I mean, that everyone, I just didn't everyone, look it up, but everyone knows what meters of feet is, right? Yeah, easy. No, it's no, like no. two point five, no, six, no. seven. Yeah. I don't. So think, we can dive. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I could jump. There's no way. I mean, that's, maybe like that's one as tall foot? as we are. I mean, that's it's like, that's intense. It's probably no. It's probably because it's five point nine feet, which makes me think it's, it's it's like five foot like ten or five foot eleven would be like the translation. Maybe right. I don't know. If, that's so intense, yeah. dude. Especially the way they jump into it's whatever. She's crazy. She's crazy. Yeah. I can't even believe it. So we'll be able to recap that when they get back from the Ed Jacoby Invitational, January 24th through the 25th. We'll be able to recap that, obviously. Swimming and diving, they are back at it. They fell to the Utah Utes. Utah's been killing us, dude. Yeah. Basketball and both men's and women's. Yeah. And now, oh, and swimming and diving, oh, whatever, whatever. Swimming and diving, arguably the best sport on campus. Yes. By far, over the past years, they have been. Um, just consistently killing it on all ends. First dual loss on the season f- was uh, last Friday night. The Utes outscored the pack 150 to 108. Then the Nevada Swim and Dive team dropped the final road dual meet of the season to BYU on Saturday afternoon. Pack posted a 114 score, while BYU scored a 123. You know what? I just want to point this out though. Technically, we did not lose because yeah. that is some BS. What I'm about to say yeah. next. However, 32 of those points were from diving, which we didn't even compete in. And arguably, diving's our best, our brightest spot. Yeah, exactly. So how, whatever, that is some BS. I mean, we, we beat teams earlier in the yeah. in the fall season without, that, our, without our diving team. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, some, that's some cheese. But, you know, we'll let it slide. We'll let BYU have this so, one. Yeah, so technically we should be one-on-one in dual meets for this season. But whatever, we are 0-2. Up next for the Nev- for Nevada is its final dual meet of the season, a home meet with New Mexico. The Pack meet the Lobos at 5 p.m. in the Lombardi Pool on January 31st. Admission is free, so might as well go and uh, yeah, why not? yeah, see a really good swimming and diving team, probably the best sports team on campus for the Pack, and watch them do work. Next up. Tennis. We are flying through this because we got really good stuff to talk to about basketball. Um, mm-hmm. Women's tennis. The University of Nevada women's team started the 2020 spring schedule with a 5-2 to two victory at UC San Diego. The University of Nevada women's tennis team is a 1-1 one one on the season after dropping a 4-0 decision at uh, number 37 San Diego on Friday. So they had the UC San Diego, um, what would you say, match? And then they also played SDSU on Friday. So now they are 1-1 one and one after the victory against UC San Diego and then dropping the 4-0 decision against SDSU. And then the University of Nevada women's tennis team improved to 2-1 and one after blanking Point Loma 4-0 to zero on Saturday. Next up is at Cal Poly on February 1st. So a quick rundown. They started with a victory. They lost... Uh, their second match to San Diego on Friday, and then come Saturday, they beat Point Loma 4-0. Didn't, Point Loma didn't even score one point, didn't even win one match on that Saturday, a couple matches. And then February 1st, Cal Poly up next. And then we got men's. 
University of Nevada men's tennis team opened the 2020 schedule with a dominating 4-0 shutout at Point Loma on Friday. Dang, I feel bad for Point Loma. Yeah, they just they just getting ran into Point Loma. Yeah. And then uh, we improved to 2-0 on the season after a 4-3 win at Azusa Pacific on Saturday afternoon. And then we went 3-0 on the opening weekend of the 2020 season after a 5-2 victory at UC San Diego on uh, last Sunday at the Northview Tennis Courts. We now look ahead with a doubleheader next Sunday starting at 10 a.m. at Sonoma State. Then we face Holy Names at 1 p.m., so that's a pretty uh, nice doubleheader. What is that next Saturday starting at 10 a.m.? So we're looking mm-hmm. to go um, even better, like 5-0 and after yeah. next weekend. We'll be able to see how that goes. But overall, good start for Pac Sports in the early spring uh, season. Women's not too bad, 2-1. and one. And then uh, men's tennis, 3-0. and oh, So that's really good. The only not-so-bright spot is that swimming and diving team, which we know will pick it up. No doubt about that in my mind. And then we will get down to now what we've all been waiting for. We got some basketball. We got both men's and women's basketball. Let's talk about some women's first. Yeah. Let's get to women's. Let's talk about that. We are now 9-9 nine and nine overall. We're 2-5 and five in Mountain West play after a 70-69 to 69 victory over San Diego State Saturday afternoon. We sit ninth in the Mountain West. While we were gone, we kind of touched on it. Me and Isaiah kind of touched on um, their play. Hasn't been so, um, let's just say, pleasant at all. We started 0-4 in conference. Um, we've kind of picked it up since then. We got we were 2-1 in the last three games. Ugly, ugly, ugly game against Wyoming last Wednesday, but then bounced back with a nice win over SDSU. I don't know what to quite make of this season so far. On one hand, I have... A lot of faith in Levins. I think she's one of the best coaches we've had in a really long time. But on the other hand, it's just people, players specifically, aren't stepping up. In specific, I want to talk about Essence Booker before we start getting into the recap and the preview or whatever. Essence Booker going into the season I thought was going to have possibly an all-Mountain West type season. I really did. I thought she was going to be able to drop maybe 15, 20 points a game, kind of be the facilitator on offense, Definitely shooting around 40 to 50%, and that is definitely not what we've seen so far. I mean, you look back at their last couple of games, and Essence Booker, uh, she had a nice game against uh, San Diego State, which was last game. Thank God we needed that because we yeah. only won by one. She had 14 points, but even her, I mean, look at her field goals. She took 15 shots, only made five of them. Uh, 50% from three is not bad. Against Wyoming, which we had a horrible, horrible game against. Uh, Essence Booker, 3 for 11, 1 for 5 from deep. And then you look at that uh, Utah State game, which thank God we beat them because that would have given them their first win in conference play. They are horrible. Essence Booker, you had to go all the way down on the list. She played 23 minutes, scored 8 points. Uh, efficient 4 for 5 from the field, but it's she's not doing much on this, uh, on this score inside of things, which makes me think we don't have an outside shooter. And really we've relied heavily on Marguerite Effa, I don't know what's going on with this team. Do you think it's just the players not stepping up? Do you think it's the coaching? Or did we just not prepare ourselves in the non-conference? I truly don't know what to make of this team because non-conference, we were looking all right. And then now conference play started, and I don't think the Mountain West Conference has you know that A tier of women's basketball, but we're not looking good. Yeah, I think um, 
I think we both kind of had the same idea about Essence in the preseason. We watched her in the two exhibition games that we played. Yeah. Um, and she was shooting the lights out of the gym, especially after her, you know, nice freshman campaign coming off the bench for um, Amanda Levins last season. And then being, a, you know, a starter this year and looking to really, you know, score the basketball at a high level. We're just really not seeing it right now. We saw it kind of in the beginning of the season, but it seems now like she might be either in a slump or now that defense is really starting to key onto her and, you know, that she is kind of our top scorer and really just shutting her down with, you know, some of the game plans that they're running um, against her. Um, but, yeah, definitely not the start I hoped and no. I think everyone hoped uh, for Essence Booker, you know, such a bright young player, mm-hmm. um, only a sophomore, having a great, you know, first kind of half of the season. And as, you know, Mountain West plays come along, she's kind of slowed down a little bit, and we definitely need it. Like against Wyoming, you said 3 of 11, uh, 1 for 5 from 3. We lost that game, you know, by a lot of points mm-hmm. and um, started the game really, really slow. Um, so if, you know, we don't get her going, it's going to be, you know, a long season because Marguerite Effa, Dom Phillips, they can only do so much yeah. for this team down low. And even you see Marguerite Effa stepping outside and, you know, shooting the three ball when, you know, we really need it. So that takes away that offensive rebound capability yep. when she's outside. And, you know, we see we saw that in the Wyoming game. We got out-rebounded 45 to 26 in that game. So just making players kind of play out of their position and, pulling people to where they usually aren't comfortable, and it's kind of showing in the way we're playing right now. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that she can't step it up and come back from her struggles, but like you said, yeah, it's like Dom Phillips and Marguerite Effa are carrying the load right now. Yeah. And Dom Phillips, she is, she can definitely shoot when she wants to, but it, like you're saying, I totally agree, is when we once we have our big stepping out to give the lone contribute, like the lone points from outside the, the, the arc, it's really, it really hurts our ability to get those second chance points and to have an inside presence as well because it can't be two places at once. So um, speaking of that Wyoming game, by the way, that was probably the worst start for a pack of basketball game, both men's and women's, I've seen in a very long time. Yes. Um, first 10 minutes of play, we had six points. I mean, we started out in that first quarter one for 14 uh, from the field, 7.14 field goal percentage. Didn't make a single three in the first quarter. Even, I mean, extend that to the second half. We were one for 11 from beyond the arc. We were five for 28 from the field. It just was a horrific start. I think we were, I mean, we were down by, I don't want to give the wrong, but we were like close to 20 points. Yeah, it was, it was, I want to say it was more than 15. That was, and it, it once you're down that much, it's like. Yeah, it's a, it's it, a big hill you got to climb at that point. Especially when we, it, we don't have players scoring. Essence Booker had nine points, but the only people in double digits is who we've been talking about, Marguerite Effa and Dom Phillips. Marguerite Effa, five for eight from the field, one for one behind the arc. Nice stepping out and getting that. Four personal fouls, though. Dom Phillips also had four personal fouls. Yeah, out-rebounded significantly, like you said. the Our leading rebounder was Amani Lacey and Dom Phillips with five each. Just not the game we want to see at all. The uh, the cowgirls Wyoming they finished the game fifty six percent from the field fifty three percent from the three point line no defense whatsoever defense turns offense and I don't think that we are showing it on either end right now I don't think it's the coach's fault um, but there I mean once you once we're going once we're playing this bad we're sitting ninth in the Mountain West you have to look at all all aspects of the game coaching players wise so something needs to change that is for sure SDSU. 
We returned home last Saturday for this one. It was a great game to watch. Came down to the wire. We were up pretty big early, 12, 15 points early or something like that. Yeah. And then we came back, or they came back, excuse me, the Aztecs came back and made it quite a game. First quarter, very back and forth. Came out a little bit quicker than the Wyoming game, thank God. It was the second quarter where we really took hold of things. Second quarter, 50% from the field, 50% from the three-point line. Really, we were able to uh, take control of the reins there. Coming out of the break, SDSU kept the pressure on. Game came down to the last play. We were trailing by one with 10 seconds, and then uh, it was that turnaround jump jumper by Deja Hamilton. And then we was that uh, was offensive rebound by Deja, yeah, and then she so, put it back up, kind of yeah. like a Josh Hall esque. Ooh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit far, or closer to the basket, right. but yeah, okay, kind of, kind of the same thing. Okay, and yeah, we stole the game. I I agree, and um, I guess a good win. Uh, San Diego State, I think they sit fifth in the Mountain West uh, for women's basketball, but it all comes down to, um, I mean, thank God we got that win. That would have really hurt. I mean, one win in Mountain West Conference at this point is definitely that's hard to come back from. Especially when, I mean, I don't know if we can get that first round by, but when you start looking at stuff like that for the Mountain West Tournament, it means a lot. It comes down to we have no shooting, like, at all. I don't know who to lean on now. We don't, we can't lean on it because before we kept saying Essence Booker, just let Essence Booker work, let her shoot. She's not making her shots. So then who do we, who else do we lean on? I mean, Michaela Mayo's getting a lot of playing time, but she's not really, I mean, she's 0 for 2. You look at these last couple games, Michaela Mayo. Didn't shoot a three-point, three for seven from the uh, field. Then you look at this Wyoming game. Michaela Mayu, 0 for 4 from the field goal, 0 for 2 from three-point line. It's just, I don't know who to really, I mean, do you look at Alyssa Jimenez? Do you look at, I I don't know. I don't know who to look at. And we rank 262nd in the NCAA in three-pointers made per game with five three-pointers made. I mean, absolute nine-day difference for our men's team. It's almost like a flip-flop of the two. Yeah. And we, I mean, with women's, our front court's all we have. And then our men's team, we don't have a front court. Yeah. So it's completely flip-flopped. We need Essence to start playing the way we thought she was going to be playing before the season started. It just makes it too easy for teams to get game plan against us. You know what I mean? Like, they say, oh, yeah, let's shut down. Let's force these people, force these girls to shoot, shut them down down low, and they pretty much have a recipe to win the game. Um, so I think we need to step it up on defense. Defense leads to easy points on offense. We need to find some sort of spark to be able to shoot from the field. And, I mean, just keep relying on Dom and Marguerite, but it's hard to do when teams are going to start to key on that. And um, you know what? At this rate, we'd be lucky to get six wins in Mountain West. Yeah. We really will. And hopefully they turn it around, but I don't know how well this team is going to do down the stretch. Looking ahead, though, we have UNLV. I believe that is, it is at UNLV. Wednesday. Yeah, it's yes. at UNLV. It's the same, same, pretty not the same time. They play at six. The men's play at eight. But they're playing at UNLV. UNLV comes here for the men's game. The women's game starts at six tomorrow. So that will be a great game to watch. Kind of get you ready for the men's game. UNLV's fourth in the Mountain West, nine and nine overall. I don't know how we are going to do against this team because we are so hit and miss. But it is a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. But they are in Thomas Mack. So it's like, I truly don't know how to score uh, this this game. But does a win against UNLV make us forget the past, like, what, four or five games? I don't know if it does. I don't know if it does either. 
kind of going off your point before I touch on that, that defense turns offense. Early in the season, we saw that Nevada forced a lot of turnovers, and that led to easy offense. Yeah, our steals were crazy. We see in the SDSU game only six turnovers. Wyoming game, very little term- turnovers as yeah. well. Don't remember the exact number on Wyoming, but... Um, Wyoming had only... Oh, Wyoming had 16 turnovers, but... How many did we have? How many turnovers? We only had 10. So not not but, terrible. I, I mean that I mean that attributed to their sh- I mean they're shooting almost sixty percent. Yeah, field, then but, yeah. that's that's hard to come back from. But yeah, so you see us you know forcing less turnovers, and mm-hmm. that's I think what's really hurting this team at this point in the game. Um, but touching on UNLV, I agree with you. I don't think that beating UNLV at this point uh, really makes you know any sense or that helps us forget. Sorry, yeah. The, um, you know the last couple of games because they haven't been very good. Granted, SDSU isn't the best team in the Mountain West, and we're squeaking out a one-point win against them. You know, going into the season, we both had very high hopes for this team, um, and they really need to turn it around, probably starting now. If we can win against UNLV and create maybe a little bit of a winning streak going, I think that's going to be huge for confidence on this team because right now I don't think that these ladies have a lot of confidence whatsoever. No, and you look at these games, and it is really close games. Like, we are just a couple of possessions away from winning these games. Our second... Mountain West game against Colorado State. We lost 70-75. to That's a two-possession game right there. We lost against Boise at Boise State, but we had them, I mean, the first half, I'm pretty sure we were winning. Yeah. So you look at that, and it's like, if we come out in the second half and play the way we were going to play, uh, we have that W, even though we lost by 14. San Jose State, at home, we lost in overtime, one-possession game, 70-72. to And then, obviously, the only blowout loss is uh, against Wyoming, and we... There's a cap on that one, and I mean, so we're right there. We are close in getting these dubs, but unfortunately, we just can't put it away. Uh, I think was it Essence Booker said in the post game that it was like our coaches straight up told us that we couldn't finish games, yeah. and we wanted to prove them wrong with the SDSU game. So uh, I mean, maybe thank God there's some you know some there's being a fire lit under them, but they haven't been able to show that they can finish in close games besides the SDSU game. But that is good momentum going into UNLV. I don't think if they win that it makes us forget about all these games, but it does give us a good starting point to try to turn this thing around. I do agree because then you have New Mexico, Colorado State, Boise State. By the way, Boise State's kind of a down year. You look at the uh, Mountain West women's basketball standings, Fresno State's a nice 7-0, and haven't lost a game yet. Then you have San Jose State, 6-1, and who beat us in that overtime thriller. And then you have Boise State, who's six and two. They sit; they're sitting in third right now. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy because Boise State's ran the table for, I mean, at least the past three years that I can remember. They've been top of the league, so it's kind of interesting what's going on. Maybe if I mean, this would have been the year to kind of shake things up. Hope I wish we were in the contention, but it is what it is. And now is the time to make things happen. Starting at UNLV tomorrow at six p.m. Looking ahead, we got men's basketball, though. Tomorrow night, the granddaddy of them all. Oh, yes. Screw the Rose Bowl. This is it. This is when the little brothers come up to play us in Lawler. They try to beat the big brothers. They're going to get slapped around. I already know it. But this is a little bit of a different uh, UNLV team as we've been seeing in the past. We'll get to that. But let's recap some of the uh, – let's recap that SDSU game. We are now 11-8, and 4-3 and three in conference. We sit tied for third in the Mountain West at the moment behind 
the number four ranked team in the country, SDSU. Then we uh, UNLV six and one. We'll get to them. Then we are tied with New Mexico, who's had all sorts of problems, as we've seen, uh, with the you know the arrests and whatever's going on in New Mexico. They lost two starters. Third, they lost a third to injury. So New Mexico's all over the place right now. And then Colorado State, who we've beaten um, earlier in the season. Some players who have impressed us over the break, or I would say me, I don't know about you, but Zane, yeah, has impressed us pretty well. Jalen, Robbie Robinson, and Nizri. I say those four have really, really impressed me so far mm-hmm. in, in the season. Obviously, we knew what Jalen could do. Uh, last year, they were saying he's the best scorer on the team, blah, blah, blah. But he, he's kind of taken it upon himself. I still think he has more to prove. I still think that he can do what you know a little bit better than he's been doing. Zane, absolutely having a great year. I don't think anyone saw this from Zane Yeah. before the season, coming in as a freshman, kind of giving that valuable front court minutes. And then Robbie, who had kind of a not-so-good start to the season, but as of late has kind of kicked it up. And then Nizre has been giving us valuable leadership minutes, I think, off the bench. He's not been – he hasn't really stat uh, – what, what am I trying to – stuff this, the statue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't really been doing that. But he has been giving valuable minutes off the bench. He's been, you know, he's been showing what he can do. Some of the players who have been, uh, let's just say, not as good. Not, I don't want to say disappointment, but kind of, you know, a little bit. Uh, we got Lindsey and KJ. I would say those two have been kind of disappointment. Lindsey, as of late, though. Yeah, I, I was gonna. That's the point I was gonna right. bring up. Lindsey, beginning of the season was phenomenal. Oh and yeah. Just this last stretch is kind of. Him shooting the ball, especially from beyond the arc, we I, saw it in the. That's SCSU what I was gonna game. say. It was... It's just really him shooting the ball because you look at that. Um, yeah, let's go to the SDSU game real quick. He had what was it? Nine rebounds. Yeah, he had nine rebounds, two assists. All right, one steal, but he was one for ten from the field, zero for three from beyond the arc. So, and you look at that Wyoming game as well. Lindsey Drew, two for ten from the field. One for four from the three-point line. But then again, pretty much leading the team, tied with Robbie in rebounds with eight, uh, five assists. He's been doing everything well, just not scoring the ball. Lindsey Drew, one for eight from the field, 0 for three from the three-point line, seven rebounds, four assists against that Utah State team. Granted, not shooting the ball very well, but he's found ways to contribute to the team. And then KJ... Definitely not looking like the freshman player of yeah. the year that Mountain West gave him before the season started. Again, I think is a young front court player. He just has to take time to develop. But looking at that SDSU game, that first half had me just going crazy. Yeah. Like I really thought that we had a chance. We eventually lost 68 to 55. It felt like we were going to lose about by 30 in that uh, midway through the second half. We couldn't get anything going. Uh, first half took an early lead. Our seven three-pointers in the first half. Coach brought up a pretty cool stat today that uh, SDSU hasn't allowed 70 points or 10 threes in their entire season. We had seven in the first half and around, like, I think 35 points. Hmm. So it's like we were on track to give them probably their hardest game of the entire season before it all fell apart. We were also able to hold SDSU in that first half to 36% from the field, 35% from beyond the arc. We had that two-point lead going into half, but then that second half happened. Eventually, just had to turn off the TV. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah, yeah it was that bad. Uh, SDSU came out hot. They came out fired up. They knew what was at stake. They did not want to have their first loss of the season, 
and they came out incredibly hot. That second half, they shot 40, 40%, 38% from beyond the arc. But then you compare that to us. We made five field goals in the second half. Three for 15 beyond the arc. We shot a total of 28% from the field the entire game. Definitely was not what we wanted for that SDSU game. We started out hot, and then we eventually faltered. What did you see in that SDSU game? I saw a team that came out hot, came out ready to play, but just could not. Once they got punched in the mouth a little bit, they just yeah, couldn't finish. Rolled over and died. Yeah. I think I agree. I mean, SDSU is four for a reason. They made the second half adjustments to kind of shut down our three-point shooting, which we were very hot in the first half. Um, but, yeah, I, I just in that first half, I we both were watching the game so excited to see shots finally falling from a bunch of different players. Uh, I think Zane hit like back-to-back threes mm-hmm. at the end of that first half. That was really big for us uh, to take the lead going into halftime. But I think just the adjustments SDSU made at halftime made it really tough for us to kind of get off our ball screens and get off our picks away from the ball as well to kind of get people open. Um, Jazz was absolutely smothered the second half. I yep. think that that defense was, I mean, as tight as we've ever seen, and we've seen some pretty tight defense on Jazz, you know, these past few games and especially this year. Him being a very key target now that, you know, we don't really have Caleb or Cody or anyone that can um, kind of take that off of him. It's just kind of a Jazz and Jalen show at this point. But, yeah, just kind of a a disappointing effort in the second half for us. Just like you said, after getting kicked in the mouth, we kind of just sat down in Viejas yep. and, you know, took our punishment and left with the loss. But, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more fight. But, I mean, SCSU is a great team, and i got to give them all the credit in the world. They really – you know, made the adjustments at halftime and really just ran away with the game. Well, and that's what I think Coach should be most upset about is the fact that they just gave up, that Mm -hmm. they didn't have any fight. And that's kind of unique from our team is this is a team that usually has a lot of fight in them. They fight till the very end no matter what. And we just did not see that. I don't know if it was the game planning from SDSU, but we absolutely got shut down in that second half. Jalen had 16 points in the first half. He was on fire. I think he was shooting – I think he only missed two field goals in that first half. Yeah. I mean, he was on, finished with 19. He only had three points in that second half. Um, Jazz Johnson, who didn't quite have the first half that we wanted, he finished with 13, and then every everyone else just finished. I mean, it was abysmal. Kane Milling finished with five points. That was the third best on the team. <laughs> Kane Milling was the third leading scorer on that team. I mean, it was, I think you go back to Lindsey Drew. I mean, he shot 10 times. He only made one field goal. Played 33 minutes. I mean, we needed those rebounds from him. Uh, Robbie Robinson only had two rebounds. If you look at Nizre, who has traditionally been good off the bench, one for six. Uh, Zane Meeks, one for four, one for three from deep. It just was an abysmal showing. But, I mean, this SGSU team is good, man. I mean, they're like you said, they're ranked number four for a reason. I don't know when their first loss is going to come, to be honest with you. You would arguably say before the season started, or even before conference season started, you'd say at the pit. Mm-hmm. But now what happened with New Mexico? Yeah, they're out three starters. Now I'm saying that maybe when they come here, last game of the season, maybe senior night. But at that point, they're going to rank if they're undefeated till then, they're going to be ranked third or second in the country. If not first, arguably the way the I mean the way that college basketball is going right, right. now, you have a new team every um, couple of weeks exactly. one, so I mean, you don't know. I mean, you don't see Gonzaga losing, but it's like you never know. And I don't know who's going to give them their first loss. Boise State doesn't seem to have it. I mean, after this, outside of this SDSU team, who are, and you would say, you would say at Utah State, are they already beat them there. 
So you're looking at, besides this SDSU team, the Mountain West is kind of in a down downward trend. High hopes from Utah State this year, who has definitely not shown it. Boise State doesn't have really a scorer besides Alston or Jessup. And then you look at us, who's we're sitting fifth, tied for third right now, arguably in fifth behind uh, New Mexico and Colorado State. And so you, this is a traditionally um, an all right Mountain West, and now we are in a downward trend. San Diego State's the lone bright star for the Mountain West, and I don't see them losing, which would be crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now. The toughest games they have, they have four, five more road games. Yeah. Um, they at play the us. They Okay, yeah, the first one's at UNLV, which... UNLV's I mean, up, but I don't see it happening. That's the one I maybe could see. At New Mexico, which I don't see. No. At Air Force, no. which no. At Boise, and no, probably not. Right. I, that I think either... And then ours, right. obviously, the last game of the season... Right. I like for that me, last game of the season, though, man. Yeah. Especially with the way we played in the first half. Uh, for me, I think it's Boise or us that would right. give them a loss. I mean, they have home games versus Colorado State, UNLV, New Mexico. And Utah State and Utah game. State, yeah. which Utah State, maybe if Utah State has it going, but, I mean, Utah Boise State's and us, been on the downward trend, man. Yeah, they Boise really and have. us, I could see the two teams. I could see Boise just coming out with a vengeance and yeah. um, really wanting to be that team, you know, as they've kind of dominated Mountain West in every sport like we always uh, kind yep. of bring up. But, yeah, or us. I mean, senior day, you have, you know, Jazz leaving Nizre, you have Jalen, you have all these guys that are well, playing their last. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but um, I agree. J- Jazz, uh, Nizre, JC technically, even though yeah. he's a grad transfer. Playing their last game in right. Lawler, I could see him. Lindsay you know, Being very – oh, Lindsay just going to be – that's yeah. going to be a sad one. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I could see that being their, their – Mm-hmm. Their ne- their only loss of the season, which would be crazy to think about. And then maybe in the tournament, depending on you never know what happens. Yeah, the tournament, the tournament gets wild. So, right. um, but yeah, it's I mean, look for look for a two or three seed in the mountain in the March Madness for SCSU, which would be unreal to see a yeah. Mountain West team that that high uh, ranked. I mean, this ar- this arguably is one of their best seasons, if not of all times, definitely since that 2010 2011 with uh with Kawhi. With Kawhi. Yeah, they, they. I think they. What are they? Twenty and zero. They were twenty and zero. So I think that tied the Kawhi season. Well, with no, their best start no. Sorry, history. sorry, sorry. That Kawhi team was twenty and zero. Right now they're they're nineteen. I believe. Yes, right. Yeah. yeah. So they're about to tie the record. But forget about SCSU. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> because the little brothers are coming on up tomorrow night, eight p.m. We got a late one in Lawler. First fifteen hundred fans gets a free T-shirt. Cool. So yeah, I mean, I love, I love the T-shirt promos. Well, I mean, I I mean, don't get me wrong, I like it, but do you really need more of an excuse to come out to Lawler to see UNLV get beat? It's true. Yeah, you know what I mean. You don't really need m- much, but um, man, can this team rebound? Let's just get to that real quick. Ranked twenty third in the nation, top twenty five in offensive rebounds. This team can crash the boards and crash it at a very very high rate. They sit sit in second place in the Mountain West, six and one conference record. No one saw that coming with that uh, non-conference record of five and eight. Granted, they, I mean, they played some hard teams. I was looking at this earlier. They played uh, K State at home, mm. which took they took them to overtime. Yeah, pretty impressive. I remember that game. Then they traveled to Cal, another overtime loss. Those couple possessions could have easily flipped those. And then uh, UCLA at UCLA. I mean, that's obviously a pretty good Pac-12 team. They got demolished there, but I mean. 
a couple possessions go their way, and UNLV is looking at a pretty decent season. And I don't know if anyone really saw this coming from UNLV. Some players to look out for, Bryce Hamilton. He technically comes off the bench, but in the last three games, he led the team in uh, their last game, and then three games ago led them in points. The game two games ago was second in total points. They have a lot of pieces that can hurt us because I think it was their last game. No, their game. Yeah, their last game against New Mexico, one point shy of a hundred. They had one, two, three, four, five players in double digits, with Bryce Hamilton dropping a nice thirty-five points. This team can shoot the ball. They don't yeah. really shoot a lot of three-pointers. I think they rank, was it? They rank. Um, in the upper 100s and three-pointers made per game. So it's not like they're shooting in a crazy clip from beyond the arc. But pair that with nice down-low presence, they can pretty much hurt you on both ends of the court. This is not a buy-win by any chance. This is a game that going into the season I thought was going to be a buy-win. But now it's like they have some pieces that can really hurt us, and this is this game's getting a little bit scary. But this game means more than pretty much any game to the uh, northern Nevada community. We saw what happened to the football game. There's people on Twitter, like we've said when the football ended, that they would rather go 1-11 one one and 11 and beat UNLV than go what we did and have an, another bowl appearance, which I think is blasphemy. Anyways, this is a game that you have to win, yeah. especially at home. This is a must-win game, especially because of what the Mountain West uh, standings looking like. They're sitting second, we're sitting third. It's a huge game. Coach even said, I mean, he hasn't been a part of it, obviously. This is his first Silver State series between the two teams being on this side of things. And uh, he said they had some, they had, at New, when he was at New Mexico, they had some rivalries. He said UNLV. I was like, okay. Uh, he said San Diego State when uh, Fisher was there. That one I got. But I don't think he's, he's seen the, the, yeah. the level of, of UNLV, Nevada-Reno rivalry. I don't know how this game is going to go. They have a lot of pieces that can score the ball. I think that it's going to be a very close game. How do you think this one is going to go? I mean, if you don't win this game, it's uh, it has a lot of impl- implications, not only to the fans, but how the rest of the season is going to go. Yeah, and you kind of took the words right out of my mouth with that. I mean, we're sitting right now 11-8. and eight. We're 4-3 in conference. A loss right here puts us at 4-4 four and four in conference with, you know, still a lot of very good teams to play. And I think we talk about games – or must-win games in conference. I think this is one of them for us. Yep. Uh, we got to take care of the quote-unquote easier games, even though UNLV is kind of up. But I think at home, a rivalry game, I think we take it. I think it's close. I think it's very close. It might come down to one or two possessions at the end of the game to really seal it for us. But I do think we take it. I think Lawler's going to be packed, and that environment for the players is going to be something, uh-huh. especially like people like JC, Robbie, have really haven't seen before mm-hmm. um, and played in front of it. I think that's going to be the little boost they need. and um, I think we take it, but it's going to be a real close one. Well, I mean, even, even Jalen was there uh, last year sitting on the bench, obviously transfer, but he hasn't played in it. You yeah. know what I mean? We have a lot. Zane hasn't even seen it. Kane hasn't seen it. JC hasn't seen it. Robbie hasn't. I mean, there's so many pieces. The coach was talking about that today. I was. He was saying that there's so many people that even if they were on the team last year, they didn't have the same. I mean, Jazz – 20, 20 minute a per game guy last year. He didn't really get the whole now UNLV is going to be keen on him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nizre, he didn't play. I mean, he played what five, four or five minutes. Might have taken a three and got pulled. Right. So it's like now he's looking at twenty plus. He's going to have to contribute. So it's like 
this game is going to be crazy. Lawler is going to be rocking. This probably is going to be the most most attended game of yeah. the entire year. And I think we win as well, even though I think this is going to come down to the wire, man. I think we win. Let's go 78-72. It's going to come down to it. I can even see it being low, more low scoring than that just yeah. because of how we've been playing. But real quick, this five-game stretch is brutal, mm-hmm. starting with the game we just played at SDSU. We have this game coming up tomorrow, UNLV. Then we're then New Mexico comes. Even though they had some pieces missing, they're still tied with us for third. A lot of implications for seeding there. Colorado State, tied for third. A lot of implications. We are going to Fort Collins, Colorado. And then we are traveling to Boise. I mean, this these next games are brutal. So we need to start it off with a win. And the way to do that, I think in my mind, is forced turnovers. This team, the UNLV, the little brothers, they turn over the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. They turn over the ball. They have a minus 2.2 turnover margin. They're turning the ball over more than they are forcing turnovers, which is good for us because, I mean, that SDSU game, I think we had 10, 11 turnovers in the first half. In the first half, yeah. So we are not taking care of the ball particularly well either. So if we can force some turnovers, get out to an early lead, have Lawler rocking early, we cannot come out and shoot like 20% to start off the game. There's mm-hmm. no way. If we come out slow and it's a, you know, grind out battle, like we we play good on defense, but we don't shoot the ball very well, Lawler's going to get quiet and um it's going to be a hard uphill battle. We need to come out fast, we need to come out quick, and we need to jump out to an early lead and force some turnovers. Who do you think's going to have to play well? What are some keys to the game as we are looking to wrap up this episode? I think uh just my one kind of big key is UNLV loves to play fast. They're yeah. a very fast-paced team. They like to get out in transition. You said they don't force a lot of turnovers, but even in the half court, you know, they bring the ball up quick. They like to, you know, play fast and get a good shot early. I think if we can slow them down, make them play a more patient game, something they're not really used to, if we can dictate that tempo, I think that's huge for us. But I think Zane off the bench needs to score, hit a couple of threes at least, and then kind of be a guy maybe in rebounding that does well. Obviously, Robbie and JC are going to be big in that offensive rebound battle, trying to pull down those defensive rebounds so UNLV can't get those second chance points. And I think we need a good game from Lindsey. I think without a good game from Lindsey, we probably drop this game, even with Jalen and Jazz playing at a high clip. I think Lindsey needs to be that senior leader that you know really steps up and says, "Hey, this is a rivalry game. It's my last one at Lawler. I got to make it good." And I think you know if he plays well, I think that you know we kind of take this game and are looking good for that five-game stretch, like you said. Well, and Lindsey's due for a good game. So it's like this yeah. would be the time to do it. I'm just looking at their box score against the New Mexico game. UNLV can really rebound the ball, dude. They almost had 50 rebounds. 50 rebounds. 47 rebounds against New Mexico. God, this is going to be a tough one. We need to hit the boards hard. Rebounding was one of my keys before the season even started. I didn't know where it was going to come from, but Lindsey's kind of taking the, the hold of things there. I think Robbie, though. I think Robbie has stepped mm-hmm. up big. Robbie's been able to score. I mean, even if he scores like six points and gives us eight rebounds, oh, my God, that's a huge boost. Uh, we need him to have that kind of night. I agree. I think Zane needs to have at least nine points. Lindsey, he needs to have at least ten. I think this is going to turn out like for a really good game. We've had a really rough past four games, and I think this is the game we turn it around just because all the cards are stacking up. We're in Lawler. We're playing UNLV. We hate UNLV. I mean, the players hate UNLV. The fans hate UNLV. 
and we just need a win. We need a win desperately. So this is huge implications tomorrow night, 8 p.m., come out to Lawler. We need Lawler packed, guys. First, 1,500 fans gets a free T-shirt if you needed more reason to get there. 8 p.m., you're going to be off work. There's no reason not to be there. Come home, grab some dinner. You still got time to get dressed, get to the game. Plenty of time. Grab a T-shirt. Yeah, it's 8 p.m. Yeah. You have plenty of time to get there because we need this one definitely packed for when the little brothers come up here. Do you have any last thoughts before we uh, wrap this thing up? It's good to be back. I mean, I good to be talking pack sports again. Good to be breaking everything down and really just looking for that sweep of UNLV with both the women's and men's playing tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be fun to recap that one. I don't know if there's going to be an episode coming out later in the week. Stay tuned to announce that, but we'll definitely have everything next week. If we do not have one later in the week, we'll be able to recap all sports that go down, including you know men's, women's tennis, swimming and diving, track and field, all that good stuff. We'll be able to break that down next week. And, uh, yeah, let's beat the little brothers and sisters tomorrow. Stay tuned for both of those games. And like always, thank you guys for listening, and let's go Pack.